The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Uh, something else that is coming down the tracks is this new deposit return scheme, reverse vending machines, uh, whereby people will be able to get money back on aluminium cans or plastic bottles. So it's going to begin on February 1st. There'll be a 15 cent levy added to those products. But then, like I say, you get the many money back when you bring uh, the products to a uh, reverse vending machine. Uh, our reporter, Henry McKean, has been outside a supermarket today asking shoppers if they're ready. People are not going to bring it back. They're not going to bother. They're not going to bother. It is a good idea. And I think the refillable ones is the way to go. But people are not going to go back to the shop. So it's just an extra tax, you see it. Yes, without a doubt. I think, yeah, no, it's definitely welcome. I think since we were one of the first European countries to introduce a bag levy back a number of years ago, I think it's definitely worked for the environment. And yeah, every kind of step to take, even if it involves levies on plastic bottles and so on and cans to get encourage I suppose the public to bring them back to shops yeah and you're right this is the biggest change yeah. for a shopper since the plastic bag levy yes. will you store your cans and your 500 yeah, milliliter bottles bring them back yeah absolutely I think it's done in the states as a, at the moment so I think yeah why shouldn't we have you heard about this new recycling initiative did you know anything about no, it no I didn't I didn't know anything about that actually no no one would really come back to the shop where they bought a Coke bottle or something like that just to get their 25 cent back because I feel like it's just 25 cent. So you have a bottle of cola there. Yeah. Does it have to be the same shop or can it be any shop? That's the question. It's confusing, isn't it? Yeah, very confusing. Is it reimbursement in like coins, cash? Like, does it depend on like the means that you paid in? I've actually never heard about this up until now. So, so you find it a little bit overwhelming? Yeah, a little. I think it's a good idea, but for the, the 25 cents, I don't think many people in this generation will be bothered bringing the bottle back. So to you, 25 cents isn't much, just let it go? I think most likely, in most cases, yeah. I'd say most people our age wouldn't bring back a bottle, but like people in the homeless community can... You think they'll go around and collect them yeah, and try and make some money? I know they do that in Germany. You get a euro for every can recycled. So they could do something like that. All right, some of the views of uh, shoppers there uh, expressing maybe some concern and confusion about how this is going to work. Others enthusiastic about it. Colin O'Byrne is with me. He's a project manager at uh, Voice. Um, Colin, for people maybe who are confused, before we talk about the rationale for it all, um, how will it work? Talk us through it. Thanks very much, Karen, for having us on. So just going through some of the points that were brought up there, um, you can bring it back to any shop. Every shop that sells bottles and cans is legally obliged to take them back. Apart from, there's a small exemption, shops that are smaller than 250 square metres, they can apply for an exemption. Now, they'll still have the deposit on the containers when they sell them, but they don't have to take them back because they don't have the, the space or whatever. And that's fine. But but literally, that's the only exemption to it. Um, so that's, it, for, just for in people's minds, that's maybe your, your corner shop that's quite literally the old-fashioned small corner shop. Listen, we can't take in a full refuse can, sack of, of cans. I have nowhere to put it. Exactly. Just yeah. space. Don't yeah. have space or might not have the staff to do it or just can't be bothered or whatever the reason is. There's that exemption there for them. Um, you won't get money. So I should say you get uh, manual takebacks and reverse vending machines, right? Okay. So the gold standard for this in Europe is in Norway. And roughly the figures there are that 14% of the shops have reverse vending machines, but that 14% accounts for 90% of the collections. So what that means is most bottles and cans will go back to the shops that have reverse vending machines rather than swamping the smaller shops. Mm. Uh, and each retailer gets a handling fee per container that comes back. 
So they won't make a profit off it, but they won't be out of uh, out of pocket either. So it just covers costs therein. Okay, so what's the rationale for this? Because the, the other area of confusion for some people will be the fact that we can already recycle. You know, the thing, I'm already putting this into my, my green bin, or my blue bin, rather. Um, so why add all of this because we're extra not work? Because we're not getting enough of them back for recycling. So I would think, well, I put all my stuff into green bin. You, you might think the same. But clearly, it's not happening because I think that the figure they have is roughly 2 billion plastic bottles and cans per annum in Ireland. And out of that, a very generous figure of 60% collected for recycling. So that means hundreds of millions at a generous estimate aren't being collected for recycling under the current uh, system we use. So we do have a current system and it works, but not enough people engage. And the idea is more people will engage with this because there's a financial incentive there's to do it. There's a bounty on it. Okay. right? And you'll be out of pocket if you don't bring it back. It's, if you think about it like um, you go to the supermarket, you put your euro into the shopping trolley, you use your shopping trolley, then when you're finished with it, you bring it back, you get your euro back. It's the same kind of principle. Ultimately, we want the product, not the packaging. So when you're done with the product, in this case, the liquids, it's not, you couldn't give two figs about the packaging. So that, that goes back and you get your deposit back then. Uh, Sean and Dundalk sees everything through economic eyes. He oh, says, this good. is a good idea. The application of capitalist economics is the only way that will save the environment. <laughs> Altruism won't work with the majority of people on this issue. Sean, listen, you may well be right. Uh, we do hope it works. Uh, thank you for the text. Listen, Colin, you stay with us because Alan O'Reilly is on the line. Uh, Alan is uh, of Carlo Weather fame and it is usually in that guy's, uh, we talk to him. But Alan, you, you have seen this in application in other countries and you're a fan of it. Is that fair? Yeah, I've seen it in Germany, um, which I believe is doing it since 2003. And I remember posting a picture about four or five years ago and I was over there saying this would be a good idea. So I think the idea is good. I do have some issues with some applications of it, um, mainly for people who are not mobile, um, elderly, people disabled, um, you know, people who live rurally, who don't have transport. Um, so my main thing really was that looking for the supermarkets that deliver shopping to people, that they would take back these bottles and cans. Because, you know, some people might be able to afford to throw it into the blue bin and not worry about it. But I just had a look before I came on, Kieran. Um, if I was to buy six two-litre bottles of sparkling water, um, from a supermarket at the moment, it's two eighty nine. That will go up to four thirty nine. That'll have one fifty added to those six two liter. Uh, All right, I think we've lost Alan there, but um, oh, Alan, you're back with us. Sorry, sorry. go on. Yeah, sorry, so, so so that added um, what it was, was one fifty odd onto your um, yeah. your sparkling water. Yeah, so I suppose my issue is is that are these going to be accessible machines? Because I've had a lot of people since I tweeted that asking me, are they going to be accessible? Like, for example, in Carlo here, the new uh, the Powerstown uh, dump, as we call it, a recycling centre, they have a great initiative where people that are, you know, in wheelchairs, etc., children can go and recycle. So I, I want to make sure that, first of all, all these machines are going to be accessible mm. to people. But the second thing is really is looking at those delivery services, people who do the weekly shop online. And since COVID, a lot of people in rural Ireland have moved to getting, you know, you'll see the vans going around. I certainly see them here in Carlow delivering to people. So will those people be able to give back you know, if they buy a six-pack of sparkling water this week, will they be able to give it back to the driver next week and get that off their shopping? Um, that, that, that is a, a fair point, Colin, isn't it? And, oh, and yeah. I've seen that uh, concern expressed elsewhere, not just from Alan. Um, 
that for most people, I, you know, I saw some people kind of saying this is going to add to kind of carbon emissions because I have to drive back now to the shop. Uh, I think the idea, I assume, for most people is you're driving back to Little or Aldi or Duns, exactly. wherever anyway. Yeah. You just bring back last week's uh, bottles and cans. But for those people Alan mentions who've become reliant on the home shop, there doesn't seem to be a mechanism whereby the driver will be also collecting the old bottles and cans. I don't think it's been of, anything official has been said in this yet. But I, I have heard anecdotally that some of the delivery, the, the bigger outlets, will be th- looking at taking empties back with them. Okay. So nothing's signed off on as of yet, but there's certainly talk about that. And I do know that, speaking with Minister Smith a couple of times about it, one of the main points he wants is the accessibility. He thinks that's most important for people, you know, uh, with impaired ability or visual impairment or whatever else, or people who live remotely, like Alan's saying there. Mm. So that's one of his main concerns, that it's open to everyone and easy to use for everyone Okay, well. so it might not be mandated legislatively, but uh, some of the big retailers yeah. might start doing this. And exactly. it's the big retailers who are doing the deliveries generally anyway. Uh, Seamus Boland is with us as well uh, from Irish Rural Link. Um, Seamus, have you concerns about how this is going to work? Yeah, I mean, some of them kind of raised already. First of all, look, you welcome anything that helps to take the litter off the streets and and help recycling and all of that. That's a good thing. So let's leave that where it is. I think the issue about small shops is is quite a big one because if you live in a rural area and the shop can't take the the, the cans back, well, then where do you? That means you have to drive somewhere else. So you you effectively don't buy them in that shop because what's the point? Uh, So whenever you're in town, you you buy them there. And so you deprive the shop of sales and you, you, you are going to cost. It is going to cost. Uh, so you change your shopping habits. So instead of shopping local, you go into the nearest town because that's where you're going to buy. So that's an issue. The other big issue, uh, Kieran, really is, is it's change. And when you bring in change, it'd be useful to consult with certain groups, whether they're civil society groups or otherwise, the likes of us or the likes of uh, Jackson or a whole range of organizations to see how would this work. Because the, the, the devil will be in the detail and how it works is going to be an issue. And for all the people, for people in rural areas, it's just going to caused anxiety. I'm sure we, we'll solve it, but it, it's, mm. it's just going to cause anxiety. And it's not the communication plan people on your box pop said, hey, we, we never heard of it before. So so there's a lot of communications to happen here um, before this can run anyway smoothly. And sometimes you can defeat the whole purpose by poor communications. Um, uh, on, on a few of those points, um Colin, I guess maybe when I gave the example earlier of the very small corner shop, I was guilty of thinking of it in, in an urban sense. That very small corner shop might be the only shop in a, in a certain locale yeah. and it does maybe limit the the options for people. Yeah, it could do. I mean, these are... I, I don't want to underplay anything uh, your caller said there, um, but these are... these. Are, I suppose some of these things we'll have to figure out as we go. They're, they may be location-specific, rather that I don't have the figures to hand, but I don't think too many shops even the smaller ones who can go for an exemption, mm. have gone for an exemption. So I would say the figure, I'm pulling this out of thin air, but I wouldn't say you're looking at much less than 98% of shops would take them back, you know. Yeah, I, I, the success of it, I guess, will be determined by convenience. But we were talking mm. about this yesterday in terms of commuter choices and we can get bogged down in all these different factors. And the point I was trying to make was actually most people when they walk out the front door, the choice they make is all about convenience. What's oh, the most yeah. convenient way to get from A to yeah. B that's not cost prohibitive? And it'll be the same with this, mm. won't it? I mean, if it's convenient for mm. me to return these when I go back to do my supermarket shopping, I'll do it. Exactly. And I think in our favour in Ireland, we haven't had to reinvent the wheel nor even invent the wheel. We've seen what other countries have done and 
hope to God that we've been able to take all the good bits from that and apply them here because it's a fiendishly difficult scheme to get up and running. There's so many moving parts to it. But we've lots of good examples to, to look at from lots of different countries like ourselves and different to mm. ourselves and and get get it to work like that. Yeah. Robin says, they've one of these machines in the Duns where I live. It's out of order more often than not. But it also, <laughs> if a can or something has a dent in it, it gets back out like your ripped fibres. <laughs> I mean, they're going to have to sort out the machines um, a, a, a bit if uh, Robin is to be believed. No reason not to believe her. My, my, my aunt actually texted me in the middle of all this to say uh, that uh, none of this is new. Your granddad used to be able to go to the cinema and pay with empty jam jars. Exactly. And that was in 1930s Dublin. My granddad used to do the same thing. He grew up in Renlet, they used to take glass bottles. And in fact, Thwaites started up what was probably the first deposit return scheme in 1799 in Ireland. Not because it's a highfalutin environmental concept, because it's a common sense approach to get materials back. Well, weren't we very progressive in the 18th century? <laughs> uh, listen, Colin, thanks a million for coming into us uh, and making sense of it, because um, I think there is a bit of confusion. But listen, there's uh, some time to go um, to iron out some of these kings. Colin O'Byrne is project manager at Voice, Alan O'Reilly of Carlow Weather, Seamus Boland of Irish Rural Link. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from 4 on News Talk.